The Gospel Shaped Home podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the ends of the street and the ends of the earth. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast. My name is Jarek, and I serve as a student pastor here, and I'm joined with Daniel and Scott. And so we're going to continue through our uh, series, Ask Me Anything, um, discussing questions from parents that were sent in. And today's topic is going to uh, be categorized as wisdom and balancing the tension with extracurricular activities. Uh, I know that's a handful, but uh, for defining extracurricular activities, we're going to anything outside of school and church. Um, and just allowing parents to really discern between how much their kids should be involved in and what it looks like for them to find rest and uh, what's the motivation behind it. Um, but to start off, uh, growing up, we're going to go with Scott first. Scott, what were extracurricular activities you participated in? Uh, Think of elementary, middle school, high school. One year of rec soccer that I hated. I don't like soccer. <laughs> Um, played baseball till I was about third or fourth grade when I lost my eyesight and then I quit that because I thought it was terrible. Found out it's just, I couldn't see the ball coming. So I struck out every time. Um, I played basketball. Basketball is my sport, you know, ball is life. Um, played that through middle school recreationally. Um, did some church league basketball there, you know, as that kind of guy, uh, was on the middle school football team offensive lineman do you guys know that no can you imagine me as a left tackle nope <laughs> i was i can see it the, the crazy thing about that the size i am now is about the size i was in eighth grade and uh, so that's why i hit puberty early and had the growth spurt and was bigger than everybody else and then everybody else passed me and you know, i'm just short um and then i ran cross country in high school uh, all four years and i worked during school my junior and senior year as well that's we're talking about that extracurricular yeah um yeah that was most of it yeah okay nice daniel uh very similar i i played baseball and basketball i had i had a one-year football career i only ended up playing one year too yeah i didn't like it um what position i I actually love football but i didn't like playing it as it didn't like hitting people and being hit by them that was uh, i didn't find that enjoyable at all um, I played cornerback okay, and wide receiver on a middle school football team. You know how many passes they throw in a game? <laughs> like <Yeah>. four. <laughs> Not many. Yeah. I had a lot of action on the offensive lineman because we ran dive lefts ball, every other play. Every play. Um, so, at, um, but played ba- baseball and basketball into high school and, um, I, I did some other things. Uh, but then I, I started working a lot uh, my junior year. I did I ran I ran cross country also ran track, um, but yeah more and more started to work as I I realized uh, athletics weren't going to take me to college. Yep, and so I started working to save money and um, got got a really good job at a church um, doing their activities ministry. They had a gym, and so I opened the gym every day after school and did open gym and uh, ran their upward basketball stuff on Saturdays. And so there's a lot of great hours and uh, good, good experience working at a, a church in my local area. Yeah. So that's what I did. Jarek, what about you? Yeah, definitely sports was 
very big in my life all the way through high school and even to college for the first two years. Uh, but I also worked. Uh, so I tried to get a couple of hours every day after school if I could. Um, or worked a lot on the weekends um, if I wasn't hanging out with friends and stuff. But uh, I think those are the big things. There was extra clubs I was in because I my major in state at NC State was environmental science. So I was in environmental club, uh, National Honor Society, um, different things like that, which is which was fine, but never really had a passion for. Uh, but what consumed most of my time was sports and work. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say is when we think about the, all these activities that you could find yourself in, uh, which can be time consuming, uh, the wisdom that I want to help our parents think through today is what it looks like to have a calendar um, for not only their families, but also I even think of middle school and high schoolers who find themselves um, drowning in all the tasks and events and everything that they have going on in our life, but also what is the cost that we see down the road um, for this. And I actually want to read a, a scenario. Um, so first, uh, this is from Cameron Cole, um, and he is a, a pastor um that just kind of gives a snapshot of what a high schooler, like what his high school schedule was. He said he would wake up at 5.30 a.m., so he would practice a sport, specifically swimming. He would cram homework uh, in before he would, after breakfast, before he would go to six academic classes. Then he would have lunch during his biology lab. Then he would go to government um, club where he would write a newspaper article or he would go lift weights. And then after that, he would head to work for two to three hours before then getting home to study and have dinner with his family and then would fall asleep studying or working on homework and then repeat the day over and over again. And he just talked about that was his typical day as a high schooler. Uh, and Psychology Today actually says this, the problem of overscheduled teens resides in a mentally comprised of fear, obligation, and performance that robs families of precious intimate time and negatively impacts the mental health of children. Uh uh, shockingly, overscheduled suburban kids demonstrate higher levels of anxiety, depression, and substance abuse than kids living in poverty and at risk communities. Researchers identify a lack of family leisure time and chronic, chronic stress as the most directly contributing causing to uh, mental health issues. And I thought that was unique because what he was trying to say with all the activities and everything that we're involved in. Um, there's research that's showing uh, that also causes more anxiety, more depression, more substance abuse, like it says. And so I think it's wise for us to consider now, um, with, whether you have uh, kids or whether you have middle school, high school students, um, to consider what does it look like for a family schedule and how to balance all of these extracurricular activities. Um, so first question will be um, thinking about the motivation. Why do you think we need uh, or parents might want to have or students? might want to have all of these extracurricular activities in their life. What do you think is the end goal um, that people have for these? I think there's probably a lot. Um, yeah. What I, are some? I, I think entertainment is one, just you just enjoy it. And so it's um, fun to do, you know, think about sports or other things that you enjoy. So there's a, there's an enjoyment uh, aspect to it. It's just something I like to do. I think, um, there is like this idea of, of resume building, you yeah. know, so I've got to have a certain level of involvement in different things in order to get into the college I want to go to. Yep. 
Um, so there's like an investment in the future kind of thing. I mean, I, I would, I think I was in the, um, I think I was in the key club and I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but I was in it because I was, yeah, I was looking for a certain number of things to put on my college <laughs> applications. Um, so I, there's that whole, whole sort of resume building, um, just kind of a diversity of involvement that people are trying to achieve, um, and then I think, you know, to some extremes, there's, um, I, yeah, I think there are some people who are involved in a sport because they're trying to get a scholarship or they're, yeah. um, you know, trying to achieve something more than just I'm having fun or, um, or even something to put on my resume for college. I'm, I'm trying to make something of this. So there, there are obvi- obviously those people are devoting, you know, a different level of time and energy to it. Yeah. I think there's some social pressures out there. Like people do things because like, they just think they're supposed to because other people are doing them. And I think, you know, social media has, you know, taught us to compare ourselves to other people. And we, even people we don't really know, we know what they're doing because of social media. And so we, you know, do things for ourselves often and involve our kids in things just because we think that's what you're supposed to do because it's what everybody else seems to be doing. Even if you don't really care to do it, you just do it to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so some social peer pressure, you know, Peter Kreef has this great quote. I always think about like, we want to complexify our lives. Like the thought of like just doing nothing on the weekend or having a regular family night at home is like just kind of crazy in today's world. Like we just yeah. got to be doing stuff all the time and um, we want to be busy. Yeah. And I think there's two sides of the coin. Cause um, I actually look up, uh, looked up the, uh, you know, thinking about like the invention of like extracurricular activities, like why are we doing this? like some of it is uh, one purpose, like in different contexts, like uh, having kids uh, doing something, you know, think about uh, different contexts, but dropping out of school or likelihood of committing criminal offense or leads to higher educational retainment or skills that you're developing. So there's a good side of it, but then there's also a bad side of it. Like you've mentioned, like it could be the social pressures. It could be this idolatry of success. It could be just, um, uh, you know, resume building. Um, and I think that is all like maybe what parents want, but also what students want. Um, but, I think what we have to consider is what is the long-term effect? Like, what do you think are the long-term effects, um, negative and positive that could, um, when you think about extracurricular, extracurricular activities? Well, I think, I think it all depends on how you engage in them, right? So all of these things we're talking about working after school, playing sports, even being in clubs, um, you know, I've got a, uh, my, one of my sons is in student council, you know, so those types of things, there's nothing wrong with those things. Those are good things. Um, it's like anything else in life. It's just a good thing can become a bad thing when it becomes an ultimate thing, you know? So it's just a matter of, uh, examining the heart, engaging, you know, are we being, are, you know, is is the extracurricular activity for us or are we for the extracurricular activity kind of thing like yeah. is it dominating our lives um you know and if so we we have got to evaluate that why are we letting it do that um and it it is tricky and it's i think it's gotten trickier um you know we're we're in this that phase of parenting where we're, we've got kids that are involved in different things and it's i find it really hard to maintain balance because it's, if your kid is good at something, yeah. there's all this pressure 
to move to the next level or to do it more. Or if you're, you know, if you're playing in this soccer league, you need to move to this one because that's, you know, your, your kid's good enough to, to go and that's going to cost more money and it's going to be more time and you're going to need to start to travel. And, um, so it, it seems like you can't, uh, well, we've, we found it difficult to say, stay in that middle space of, Hey, this is something we're going to enjoy and something we're going to do. Um, but we're trying not to let any one thing dominate our lives, yeah. you know, and it, it's just hard it, that there are, there are whole industries now built around your involvement in certain things. Advertising. So, yeah. It's a business. It's there's travel sports, et cetera. Yeah. 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 So it, it's definitely complicated. Yeah. Um, anyway, but long, long-term effects I think can be great. I think there's a lot of good that comes from these things. And I think we should be looking for what are our kids interests and how do we encourage them and, uh, but but at the same time, constantly monitoring, um, are we giving an appropriate level of time and attention to this? Um, it, what is it keeping us from? Yeah. Because um, then you think about long-term effects, you know, f- from one that's maybe not even that important, but, you know, your kid can get burnt out on things, yeah. you know, if, if they're over-invested uh, too early or... Um, or, yeah, it could begin to pull you away from really important things like family or church or or other uh, studies, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think about like deciding that like, what are the non-negotiables? Like we're going to do these things, you know, church involvement, time together as a family, and that's going to look different in different stages and seasons. And then figuring out like what can fit in around those things. And so if your involvement in whatever extracurricular activity is constantly pulling you away from, quality time together as a family like you literally never eat dinner together as a family like that's probably a bad thing like do you need to sit down at the dinner table seven nights a week like no like our family doesn't do that it's just not reasonable but if you're barely ever sitting down together as a family like that means you're probably on the go yeah like something's off there and you you just got to decide what the non-negotiables are and make sure like those are happening and if they're not like that's when you know like we need to scale back and eliminate some things from our lives. Yeah. And it does show like you, you do like the way you're building your schedule around, uh, extracurricular activities or anything like it it really shows you what you're valuing, um, as a family. And I think for me, like I know in my life that church, uh, especially with sports, I've played on three sports teams, um, in, uh, middle school. So I was in, uh, AAU, I was playing for the middle school baseball team, but I was also young enough to play for, uh, uh, little league. And so I had three different leagues that I was playing at at one time. And what that did, like the negative effects for me, um, it actually allowed my heart started treasuring baseball more than um, the church. And so there are different things like it became a pedestal for me that I would keep constantly wanting to miss, uh, specifically with the church. Um, Just uh, this not understanding what the design of it, what was for, what community was. Um, But again, I think what we're doing is creating habits. And Scott, you said uh, non-negotiables about what is extremely valuable to us. So I feel like there is a, a season of adjusting, like Daniel, you said there's multiple kids or multiple schedules, but like if the families or parents are even burning out, like that's also setting up a model for um, the students in their life. Going back to that example of what an average high schooler schedule could look like, which just leads to ultimate burnout. And I think it it does also for me um, this idea of you going back to your resume building, consuming their life. I remember hearing this: this grade is going to be on your permanent record, and colleges will see that. Like what you're doing now will determine what you do in the future. But there's positive 
effects of that of like, yeah, there's these skills and disciplines that you're growing in, but it also creates this pressure and burdens of performance and acceptance that can be from the parents, can be from the teachers, can be from the coaches, that everyone's setting up these types of expectations, which just make people crumble under. And I think I've seen that more and more with our middle school and high schoolers. Like there's this resume building list that I need to achieve, but by the time they've achieved it, like, A, it's either not satisfying or they've uh, neglected certain areas of their life that is going to sustain them for the rest of their life. And I think Paul uh, in Philippians three really hits on this, like where he talks about, he gives this list of just all the things that he could put his confidence in, in the flesh. But that's where he turns around and says, but whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And I think that is something that um, I'm hoping that families will see the long-term effect. Like what is eternal versus what is temporary? Not that you, you really like, uh, you know, we're never going to be in extracurricular activities. We're never going to let our kids have jobs. I think those skills and stuff are important. Um, but if there are, if they're the ultimate things in that season, I think it creates a very dangerous thing. Like you said, a desire to dangerous uh, when it becomes a ruling ultimate thing. So how do you think the value teaching of the value of rest or Sabbath or um, just, you know, think about habits of the household and rhythms. Um, how do you think teaching the value of Sabbath and rest can really help in discerning what this schedule looks like. How do we actually have leisure time as a family? Um, any thoughts of maybe what you do now or um, thoughts? I mean, one thing I'm just thinking about, you know, just it's a lot of times you think about like different stages of family life and parenting and you think, Oh, when I get there, like that'll happen or, Oh, we'll slow down when this season hits. And, I mean, I feel like I try to encourage people often, like you just constantly have to reassess and re-decide and um, like figure out what is best now. Like if you wait, if you only think about that once a year, like what should I do this year? Like once a year is just not a, a frequent enough time to think about like what you're doing as a family and stuff just catches up. And so I think a lot of times what we start to do now, you know, a lot of times it just we don't even realize it. And the next thing you know, you know, three or four years have passed and we've just continued to add activity to activity. And, you know, it's not wrong to join the swim team, but the next thing you know, you keep doing the swim team and you've added something else on top of that and then something else on top of that. Um, and so just even what, what you're doing now in this season are cultivating habits that unless you are reassessing and, you know, rethinking about it, are just going to continue to evolve and develop and become more and more complicated over time. Like it's not going to get less complicated and so even for like younger families, like in my stage of life, like if you're not thinking about these things now, like it's only going to get harder and harder, like the older your kids get. I, I think um, Sabbath or rest, um, that, that whole idea, it being a discipline um, is, is something that's always, it's a useful tool in helping you uh, assess your heart. You know, so if I have trouble finding time to rest, it's probably an indicator that something's out of balance in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and that, that being out of balance is usually driven by, um, some other sort of sickness in my heart that I'm, I'm, I'm finding my identity in something else, whether it be work or achievement or sports. And so I'm being driven to give up my rest uh, I'm being driven to fill every minute because I'm trying to find fulfillment 
in whatever this other thing is. So, you know, you're wanting to walk through that with your kids and, and even wanting, wanting to like rhythms, like you say, you're wanting to create those rhythms as a family that help everyone sort of put some of that into check. Um, that if, if, you know, like, you know, we mentioned, you know, if you're never eating dinner at home together, well, I, I think you know, that's one of those things that, you know, you could have a week like that, you know, where just, there's just a bunch going on. But if you find yourself in that week over and over again, the normal, if that becomes the normal, yeah. then everybody has to reassess and say, okay, wh- what are we, what are we giving ourselves to and why? You know, uh, so it begins to spark some of those bigger questions of, hey, we're not resting. We're never home in the evening. Um, we're gone all day Saturday. You know, our, our lives are, are packed um, from the morning we wake up to the morning to, or to the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. And so we've just got to reassess like that, that's not the way that God intended us to live life. So something's out of balance. Um, and it just it sparks those questions. I think sometimes too, like weeks like that, like if you think about it, like sometimes it's worth it. Like we'll have a week like that. And I think about like what all we did. I'm like, well, it was worth it because I got to do that. And Mary got to be involved in that and our family. And it's like, you know, we had a crazy week and we weren't at home together, like at the dinner table. But like, I think about the things we were involved in and I was like, those are all really good things. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's not sustainable to do that week after week, but so I think that's just something to think about too. Like sometimes just because you have a week like that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if it's because, you know, your family's pulled in seven different directions, not just for that one week, but Danny, like you said, you know, months on end, like that's probably a bad thing. Has there been any resources that you feel like it's helpful to, um, to think about this constant reevaluation and, and adjusting the schedule and what is really healthy for families? Like any resources that you would highlight as we kind of close? I listened to a Tim Keller sermon on Sabbath rest years ago that I remember thinking, man, that was really good. (laughs) So you Uh, Google Tim Keller sermon Sabbath. (laughs) Well, I I think about Hebrews chapter four that talks about rest. Um, That's talking about, you know, more rest for the soul, ceasing from work um, or or from our striving. Um, Psalm 127 you know, it talks about the sleep that the Lord grants rest for the soul instead of being always involved in anxious toiling. And, um, so there's, there's lots of scripture that you can meditate on, think through, um, and just think about, you know, the rhythms of rest and do we have those rhythms in our lives? And if not, what, what do we need to change to create healthy patterns that give us time as a family, but also instruct our kids, um, in like the manner of life that life is um, more than the schedule of events and what you do. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it is, there's no space to pursue God and connect with him. Yeah. If my calendar is, is booked uh, every minute, you know, so teaching them some of those rhythms and what is it, what does it look like to slow down and why would you do that? And why is it important? I think all those things are, are good. Yeah a good parenting thing I'd heard is like you allow your kids to be involved in one thing at a time. So they can't do dance and soccer at the same time. Like they can pick one thing and it may be a different thing the next year, the next season, but like they get one thing and that kind of helps yeah. eliminate some of the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It's a point of wisdom, I, but I think it's important. Like, you know, we said this in a few of our previous episodes, 
these things are not black and white, you know? And so it just takes a measure of wisdom and discernment to, there, there might be a season where you've got a lot going on and that's okay. Um, but just always evaluating why, why, if, if we are involved in two things at one time, why, why are we doing that? Um, and there could be a good reason, uh, but knowing what the, you have to ask yourself what that reason is and make sure you know the answer uh, so that you can rightly evaluate our busyness as a family. Like, are we, are we deciding to make a sacrifice for a season? Okay. That might be fine, but why are we doing that? And to what end? Um, and, and just making sure that our, our hearts are kind of all on the table in terms of why we would do that and yeah. why it's important or not. And, and what we're hoping to get out of it. Yeah. And it, like you said, inviting even the kids and students to help them think through like, mm-hmm. Hey, you cannot do everything. You are, you have limits mm-hmm. and a certain capacity. Uh, and I think we've mentioned before, like the Paul Tripp quote that just continued, only limitless being in the cosmos is our creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a reminder that anytime we try to overstep those limits, we end up hurting ourselves or hurting someone around us. Um, and so I think it's just really good. Okay. So thank you for tuning in and listening today. Uh, we're going to continue our questions through ask me anything. Uh, and so I hope this has been helpful for you and uh, tune in next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast produced by Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.